Coming up on Lockdown Bearcats, Mike Denbrock and Brian Mason have both left the Bearcats coaching staff. The fallout from that and who could be replacing them. Plus, Bearcats do have entered their name in the NFL draft where they could go and how that impacts next year's team. All of that coming up on Lockdown Bearcats. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. My name is Alex Frank, welcoming you to today's episode where... We are presented by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. I'm Alex Frank using my experiences from my days as the University of Cincinnati's Bearcats Media Sports Director where I was a commentator for Bearcats football and men's basketball games. In addition to that, I was also the host of several live shows and podcasts in our radio and television studios on the Bearcats. I also made a lot of connections with those in the athletic department and those who cover the team professionally, which I guess I'm one of those professionals now with this podcast. I don't know, but I'm bringing all of those experiences here from Bearcats Media to Lockdown Bearcats. And one thing that, I don't know if I want to say thing, but something that was a hot subject of criticism in my time at the University of Cincinnati as a student and was this year, my first year as an alumni, was criticism towards now former offensive coordinator Mike Denbrock. And I understand why it was warranted. You read the comment section of articles in The Athletic from Justin Williams, who covers the Bearcats for The Athletic. You go on Instagram, fan pages, Bearcats Prime and Bearcats Insider. I know those two pages are very critical of Denbrock, and they have every right to voice their opinion. I, I think it's justified. But I'm going to take a different route here because I think it's so easy to point to play calling, point to anything synonymous with play calling when something doesn't go well or you're frustrated after a loss. Because I understand. I do that a lot with the Bengals. But the Bearcats, you know, in a four-year run where there's not much criticism that has been going around, I mean, something has to be, you know, something has to be warranted for that, right? And sure enough, a lot of fans wanted to point to Mike Dembrock. Play calling, inconsistency, you know, Passing when they should have ran the football or being too conservative in, in situations, holding the offense back, whatever it was. I get all of that. But I also understand this. When you're in a position where you are basically handed the keys to a luxury car. And that's been the case for, you know, a lot of coaches over the years or quarterbacks. And you... You basically, your only real obstacle is not screwing it up. Sometimes it's easier to start from scratch and build something, <coughs> excuse me, than it is to take over something that's really good and not screw it up. Because I think what happens is, and I, and I get this way in my own personal life sometimes, is when you, when you, when you say to yourself or someone says to you, don't screw it up, you instantly start to feel a little pressure. When there's not pressure, though, sometimes we perform better. 
There was some pressure on Mike Denbrock early on. The Bearcats' offense in 2017 was not very good. Let's be honest. It, it, it dramatically improved in 2018. Justin Williams outlined this earlier this week in The Athletic. You look at the progression of the Bearcats' offense under Mike Denbrock. The Bearcats' offense from 2017 through 2021, and I say it wasn't very good in 2017. Listen to this. 2017, the Bearcats averaged 20.9 points per game. That was 111th in the country. 111th out of 130 FBS programs. Not good. So, no one was expecting the Bearcats offense to make as big of a jump as they did from 2017 to 2018. How big of a jump did they make? They averaged exactly 14 more points per game in 2018 than 2017. That, my friends, is two more touchdowns per game. Two more touchdowns. And sometimes, like, you know, Luke Fickle has said this, and I think sometimes I take this for granted, maybe you take it for granted, you think it's so easy for teams that have as good offenses like, like the Bearcats, and you see this in the NFL with the Chiefs or the Rams when they've had really good offenses, or the Packers, you see these teams that make it look easy, scoring touchdowns all the time. Let me tell you something, it's not. Like, I and football coaches will tell you that. There is so much that goes into, you know, just a play. The blocking, the footwork, reading the pre-snap coverage. What coverage are they playing during it? And there's so there's so much happening. And you're going to see all that through a helmet? You take it for granted sometimes. When you watch a game on TV, go on the field, watch a game live, and you'll see how hard the game of football is. Like you say, oh yeah, the Bearcats make it look easy, averaging 35 points a game. No, they don't. That's hard-earned stuff. Because there's so much that goes into building a team. Then there's so much that goes into on the field. Your linemen, your, you know, blocking, the footwork. You know, receivers running the right routes, getting leverage. The quarterback, you know, making a good throw. Whatever it is. So many little things that can screw up a play. That's why football is, yeah, the season's only four months in college, but it's a 365-day-a-year thing. And there's so much that goes into game planning. There's so many different positions that you have to account for. And so, yes, it's so easy, and Bearcats fans will tell you this, they are critical of Mike Denbrock. I, I had a friend who was on my staff, our staff at Bearcats Media, Constantly in my ear telling me, oh my gosh, I can't stand Mike Denbrock. I've never trusted him. Whatever he said. And I'm like, do you see the Bearcats offense and how well they're doing? And it took me a while for it to register as well. When you look at 2019, the offense takes a step back. They average five fewer points a game. That was 60th in the country. They averaged nearly 60 fewer yards per game after averaging more than 100 more yards per game in 2018 than they did in 2017. Yards per play went down. Passing yards per game went down significantly. Yes, Desmond Ritter was hurt on much of that season. And the running game struggled early on. 
we all saw that Michael Warren was banged up in the at the outset of the 2019 season. But it's it's so easy to, to criticize a coach or a coordinator. But understand that when you're given all this talent and your one job is to not screw it up? I mean, that is what some some people I, I, and you listening have to realize. You, th- you think it's easy to criticize Mike Denbrock. And you probably did. I did too. But I understand that he was a major contributor, a major piece of the building and progression of the Bearcats offense, particularly Desmond Ritter. You know, I've Joe Burrow is, and I use a lot of Bengals references here as someone who's been a huge Bengals fan since 2006. Joe Burrow's great by himself. I've always said, you know, Zach Taylor needs Joe Burrow more than Joe Burrow needs Zach Taylor. But that doesn't mean Zach Taylor hasn't helped Joe Burrow get to where he is. Zach Taylor's absolutely helped get Joe Burrow to where he is. Same with Mike Denbrock and Desmond Ritter. Mike, Mike, you see, Mike Denbrock was here when the Bearcats offense went from dormant to being non unstoppable at times. And yes, he got in the way. Draw up the middle on 3rd and 18. Or not utilizing the tight ends in the red zone, running the ball three straight times, and then missing a field goal in the AAC championship game. Or actually, it might have been two straight times. You get the point, though. They ran on third and goal from the eight. That's conservative. Sometimes he didn't know his personnel in key situations. I get that. But to say he was a bad offensive coordinator, if that is a take that you have, I don't know if it is, I would counter with, he was the he built this offense over a five-year stretch and four years with Desmond Ritter, one of the winningest quarterbacks in college football history. So you can be happy that he's gone, but for the first time in five years, Luke Fickle's gonna have a different off a new offensive coordinator. More next here on Lockdown Bearcats. All right, so it's the new year. That means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan because it'll make it easier to stick to your resolution because they taste so good you'll want to eat it unlike other protein bars which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill and nobody wants that. You want to eat healthy but it just gets so boring and by like week three you might be thinking, my gosh, Alex, this is not worth it. Where is the chocolate? And I'll tell you, that Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. But that's not all. Built Bars only contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar and net carbs each, and they also contain 17 grams of protein. So even if you're not a huge fan of working out, I know it can be difficult. You can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you, so that way when you eat a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Hey Bearcats fans, this is Alex Frank here with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now using promo code SCORE 
and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. So that's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account, so you can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get up to fifty cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE for up to fifty cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And, you know, this is an interesting time because football season has ended. Men's basketball season is in full swing. More on that. A, a rough game for the Bearcats on Saturday against Tulane. Huge game Thursday night against SMU. It's a late game. 9 o'clock is the start time. Uh, it's also not on ESPN+. Plus. So, that game will be on ESPN2. So, high-profile game against SMU, a team the Bearcats have played a lot of close games with over the years uh, in the regular season and the conference tournament. I feel like they play every year in the conference tournament. In fact, they have played every year in the conference tournament since 2017. 2020, there wasn't one, of course. So the last four conference tournaments, they have played SMU, and they're 3-1 and one against them, so... Just pointing that out. Anyway, back to Mike Denbrock. And, you know, one thing that really stood out to me was the development of Desmond Ritter. And a lot of that was due to, you can say, Gino Gadulli. And I, and I will absolutely, absolutely agree with that. Denbrock did have something to do with it, too. Because at the end of the day, you know, Ritter is game planning with Mike Denbrock. Denbrock is calling the offensive plays. Gadulli is... A large part of that, the passing game coordinator and the quarterbacks coach, he had a passing game coordinator, I believe, um, prior to the 2020 season. He almost went back to Central Michigan to call plays there, Gino Gadulli. He did not. So, if, if Gino Gadulli is going to take over as offensive coordinator, which I'd be all in favor of, here's the thing. Like I said, you think it's great. Because you saw what he what he did with Ritter. Let me throw this in there. Has he called a play yet? No. Do we know what he can do? No. And by the way, factor in that there's a new quarterback, Evan Prater. Now, maybe this will be something where Gadulli is the offensive coordinator for, you know, a few years, and Prater can develop the same way Ritter did. I have high hopes for Evan Prater. I really do. The times I've seen him in, Miami and UCF, he's been fantastic. And the fact that he backed up Desmond Ritter, I think is going to have him ready. Now, it will be interesting to see if he can win the comp if he can win the quarterback's the quarterback spot in spring ball, if it's a competition that goes into fall camp. I don't know. But if he's a four-star recruit and he comes in with all these accolades. And he was the first guy off the bench for Desmond Ritter last year. I would think he has to be the starter, right? This year, he should be. 
And so what the hope is, especially when UC makes the move to the Big 12, here's the problem, though. Well, let me go back to the hope here. The hope is that Prater can develop the same way over four years that Ritter did. I have hope for him. I really do. I think he is almost, I think he's a clone of Ritter. You look at you look at the way he looks. Right now he's, you know, this scrawny but great athlete at quarterback. Put some weight on him though, develop his arm. He does throw a nice ball. But he if he can get to where Ritter was throwing balls at his senior year, oh boy. I mean, it's gonna be a smooth transition for him into the starting quarterback. Because Cincinnati it, they're not, I don't think they're losing many players at receiver and tight end. I'm sorry, tight end they will be. Depends on who's coming back. If you feel like every year they're losing players at, at those positions. They are losing Alec Pierce. So that's a big loss. So it's going to be up to the young guys that were second stringers this year to take on larger roles next year. And that's where being a top 10 program comes into play. So, if Gino Gadulli is the candidate, is the leading candidate to replace Mike Denbrock as offensive coordinator, he should be. Who else would you ha- would you hire? I haven't even heard any name that's on. I haven't even heard a name outside the program that would be considered. It's interesting too, because now that the Bearcats are a top 10 program. What happens is other programs are going to look for coordinators or whomever to be their next head coaches or be the same position as a coordinator at their school. Marcus Freeman, defensive coordinator for four years, eventually went to Notre Dame. He's now their head coach. Thrilled for him, by the way. Absolutely thrilled for Marcus Freeman. Okay. So this is going to be a challenge now for Luke Fickle. He was blessed for the first four years with continuity. That's what allowed this program to develop. Same offensive coordinator. Same defensive coordinator. Same special teams coordinator in Brian Mason. By the way, you talk about being handed the keys to a shiny car. Luxury car. The next special teams coach will be given that. You're going to be given Mason Fletcher at punter. If you can develop the kicking game, which Cole Smith did have a decent performance in the Cotton Bowl... It'll be interesting, though, because Cole Smith, obviously, in his fourth year, if he doesn't come back, who are you left with? Alex Bales, Christian Lowry. But you're going to be given a strong kick return game. You're going to be given a good punter who was phenomenal in the Cotton Bowl. And special teams has really been a big part of this program. For as much as offensive and defensive lines drive this team program, Special teams has played a large role, too. You look at Trey Tucker's kickoff return for a touchdown in Indiana. You think about how good James Smith was for four years. The the secret weapon of giving the Bearcats an edge in the field position game. Special teams absolutely matter. But anyway, now that the Bearcats are a top 10 program, this is what's going to be happening. This is what's going to happen. Coordinators are going to come and go. It's going to be a revolving door. So how do the Bearcats manage that in addition to the roster turnover? Because the second strainers aren't going to be coming into 
you know, the system they've known and practiced against for years. No. They're going to have to come in, start, and learn a new system. That's hard. And that's why the Bearcats may take a step back next year. And by a step back, I mean finish 10-2. and two. They might still play for a championship. I don't know. I think they I think they can. Because, I th- because they definitely are the best recruiting team in the conference. And they definitely are the best team in the conference. I mean, I don't know... Maybe Houston, maybe SMU. Other than those two teams, who do you, who who the hell is going to compete with this Bearcats team? ECU, maybe. And if you're Gino Gadouli, if you take over as offensive coordinator, I mean, you're, Jerome Ford has now entered the NFL draft, and you're going to be losing guys like Leonard Taylor, Josh Wiley, Alec Pierce is going to the NFL draft. Who knows where Michael Young Jr. and Trey Tucker, if they're going to be here. There's so much roster turnover within every program, particularly here in Cincinnati, that you know there's a lot of unknowns. And that's why this season was so special because of the experience that was on this team and how it ultimately played out. Speaking of, when we return, we'll talk about the players going to the NFL draft. Jerome Ford, Sauce Gardner, Desmond Ritter. I saw two mock drafts today that... Desmond Ritter going to the Steelers. Not sure how I feel about that. Sauce Gardner going in the first round to Minnesota. I saw that. So there's a lot that can happen. And I I do think you're going to see a lot of Bearcats get drafted this year. Just like you saw last year. But this year you're going to see a lot more high round draft picks with this team. More on that next here in Lockdown Bearcats. All right, so this is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink at the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? Well, to see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com locked. Head to NetSuite.com locked for this special one-of-a-kind Financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash locked. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Alex Frank here with you on this Wednesday. And of course, talking about the departures of Mike Denbrock and Gina Cajuli. This is what happens when you become, as Luke Fickle has strived for this program to be a top 10 program. You're going to lose coordinators. And once you join the Big 12 especially, because where Power 5 schools get their coaches sometimes as other Power 5 schools, they'll look at conferences. They'll look at coordinators, excuse me. And so it's going to be a revolving door. Luke Fickle has been blessed with continuity. Luke Fickle has given continuity himself by staying five years. Continuity in... This program has been a blessing. Given that there's so much turnover in the sport, whether it's group of five coaches getting promoted to power five coaching positions, you see coaching 
carousels all the time in the SEC, or any Power 5 conference for that matter. So, to have been able to have the same offensive and defensive coordinators for four years, the same special teams coordinator for that time, and Mike Denbrock and Brian Mason for five years, I don't think people understand how hard it is to keep the head coach around, let alone coordinators. So this is something new for Cincinnati. This whole offseason is going to be really interesting. Because the last time the Bearcats were this good and then lost so much was 2009. What happened the next year? They went 4-8. and And I will give the program a lot of credit for bouncing back the next two years winning back-to-back Big East championships. Those were some really good teams that both won bowl games. That both, both produced NFL talent. Same with this team. This team is going to produce NFL talent. Jerome Ford is going to be a really good running back in the NFL, potentially. I can see him going in the late middle rounds, round five, for a team that needs to add depth to their running back room. Sauce Gardner is going to be a first-round draft pick. I've, I, I've seen you know him maybe go into the Cincinnati Bengals. I love that. To beef up a cornerback room that's good, but could be better. You know, give the cornerback room some depth. And wherever Desmond Ritter goes, he's going he's gonna to make it. Now, I've seen him go to the Pittsburgh Steelers in a mock draft. If he goes to Pittsburgh, he should start right away. And knowing Pittsburgh, what they'll do is they'll sign a good backup quarterback for him. Maybe that's Andy Dalton. I don't know. They'll sign up. Maybe it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. But Desmond Ritter is going to make it in this league. The NFL is, yes, there are still your pocket passers. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. You know, Ben Roethlisberger for so long was that pocket passer. Matthew Stafford. But the NFL is also about speed. It's about doing multiple things. If you're a quarterback in the NFL... You have, you have the ability to run with the football. Even Brady's been doing that sparingly throughout his career. Ritter will make it in this league because he's going to be able to run with the football. He's got a good enough arm. It's not a Mahomes or an Allen. I would say his arm is like Tom Brady's, like a Joe Burrow, like a, a quarterback who... You know, he doesn't have a rocket arm, but he has a good arm, an accurate arm, and that's what wins games in this league. I think it's better than Lamar Jackson's. I think Ritter's going to have a completion percentage above 60. I can definitely see him making it. It, it, His arm, you know who his arm reminds me of? A little bit. He doesn't look like him physically, but Drew Brees. Ritter's going to be a first-round draft pick. In a quarterback class that is is not very deep, Sam Howell's good. You got Malik Willis from Liberty, Ritter. Ritter could end up could end up being the best quarterback in this draft class. Jerome Ford's gonna, you know, give a running back room some depth, you know, with his speed, but also his power running ability. Sauce Gardner's gonna be a lockdown corner. I was reading something from Pete Thamel 
yesterday on Yahoo Sports that Luke Fickle said that he's going to be even better in the pros. Sauce Gardner did not give up a touchdown in his entire Bearcats career. It's almost unfathomable to think that. Like, I remember there was a game that the Seahawks played in 2014. It was opening kickoff night. They were playing the Packers. And that Packers team had some damn good receivers. Jordy Nelson being the best. Randall Cobb was on that team. Devontae Adams was still up and coming, but he was emerging. Like, that was a good Packers team. Richard Sherman was not thrown at one time in that game. And that was at the height of Richard Sherman's career. Is Sauce Gardner going to be him? His college stats say he could. He reminds me a lot of Richard Sherman in that regard. But he's going to he's going to come in, and he, he's not the you know the tallest corner in the world. He's definitely put on some beef, and he will continue to do so in the NFL. But he's just going to be a cornerback that young quarterbacks aren't going to want to throw the ball to. And I think veteran quarterbacks, wherever he goes and wherever you know whatever teams he faces in his rookie season, he's gonna he's gonna be able to make a name for himself. But going back to what the, the challenge of this offseason for Cincinnati is going to be. There were challenges faced this year in terms of living up to the hype and living up to or exceeding expectations. The challenge going into this offseason, and this is why I'm excited, and I compare it to the, the Bearcats men's basketball team of 2018-2019. Because if you remember the year if you remember the year before, which I'm sure most of you do, that 17-18 team was loaded with talent. That team had final four potential written all over it. We all know how that season ended. But after losing Gary Clark, Kyle Washington, and Jacob Evans, going into that season, the the thought process was this team is Jaron Cumberland and who's who? But the fun of that season was watching guys like Trey Scott and Keith Williams and Nasir Brooks, mainly Scott and Williams, blossom into really good players. And then you had your role players in Kane Brew, Nasir Brooks, Elioso Seme, Justin Jennifer was a lights-out three-point shooter and a very good ball handler. Like, that team was fun to watch develop because of that and because there were no expectations really, as to how good they were going to be. And they ended up being pretty damn good. That's going to be the case with Bearcats football next year. Now, in football, you don't have the luxury of so many games, like men's basketball, you do. Football, it's different. You only have 12 games. And your first game next year is at Arkansas. Good luck. That's going to be a fun game. I'll say that right now. Going down into SEC country, I know it's not Alabama. Arkansas had a very good year. Arkansas had a really good year this year. They played Alabama tough. So, the challenge is going to be replacing the core players who leave, the key players in this year's team who leave, and I, I'm excited for it because nobody's going to think the Bearcats are going to get back to where they were this year. They may not. They may not go to the college football playoff. Ohio State's going to be good. Clemson might be back next year. You know Alabama's going to be there. Georgia's going to be there too. You know, there might be a surprise team like a Michigan that comes up again this year. Notre Dame, I think, will be good next year. 
But it's interesting to me the challenge that lies ahead for Cincinnati with losing Mike Denbrock and Brian Mason. The fact that this might only be the beginning of coaching staff turnover. We've seen it, you know, with other position groups. We've seen it with defensive line. Chad Wild came in in 2019, and now Greg Scruggs is here. We've seen it at cornerbacks. We've seen it at running backs. We've seen position coaches come and go. We And now we're seeing it at the coordinators. It, it, it really is something to think about. A program like Cincinnati, Group of Five, where if you become good, you're often plucked away. But that hasn't been the case here. And that's why this program defied the Group of Five label that so often gets attached to them. Now it's just coordinators are going to leave. Whoever replaces them, though, the foundation is in place. Build off of what your predecessors did before you. And I'm excited to see how Bearcats football does next year. Because A, there aren't going to be very many expectations. But B, this program, like I said earlier this week, is now a college football playoff program. There are expectations when you come to Cincinnati. I forget the player who tweeted it earlier this week that someone had an offer from Cincinnati. Or, or any recruit that has an offer from Cincinnati. He said, take it. You won't regret it. There is proof that if you come to Cincinnati, not only are you going to compete for championships at a conference level, you're going to compete for national championships, man. Like, you think about this. Think about this. And I know I'm kind of running over here, but this Bearcats football team... Played for a national played for a spot in a national championship game. The last time any Bearcats football or men's basketball team did that, played in a game where if they won they advanced to the national championship game, was 1992. 1992. Let that sink in for a minute. This program has come a long way. And how it handles the turnover amongst the coaching staff, how it handles the turnover within the roster of guys leaving for the draft, entering the transfer portal, or becoming or taking on larger roles, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how that plays out. More on that later this week. More on the success of the Big 12 in bowl games this season later on this week. More on men's basketball. Um, obviously a disappointing loss Saturday, as I mentioned, big game on Thursday. Until then, until tomorrow's show Thursday, which we'll have a little bit of a preview for the SMU game, more football talk, obviously. I want to work some baseball into this podcast at some point, too. I've always loved Bearcats baseball. I'm a big baseball fan in general. I shouldn't say that, although it's hard for me to say that right now with the lockout, but... I love the simplicity of baseball. I really do. Anyway, follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram too, AlexFrank9 underscore. You can also email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. That's all lowercase. Alex, the number three, Frank at gmail.com. Until we talk to you tomorrow on Thursday, I'm Alex Frank. Have a Bearcat day and enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Thank you for making us. 
your first day, Lockdown Bearcats, your first listen of every day. Now stay tuned to make your second listen, Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Until we talk to you tomorrow, I'm Alex Frank, and have a great rest of your Wednesday and make it a Bearcat day.